Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for The Viking Age. Before we get started, make sure to follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at The Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash The Viking Age. All right, joining the show today is Adam Carlson. He's been a long time writer and editor for us here at the Viking Age, and he's a frequent frequent guest on this podcast. So welcome back to the show, Adam. Hey, thanks for having me back. It's always nice to talk Vikings football any chance I can get. And to be honest, I kind of enjoy hopping around a couple podcasts here and there. I'm always surprised at how many Minnesota Vikings-themed podcasts are out there and how many great points of view there are. As much as I love the Purple People podcast, which I host and do it weekly, yeah, uh, the Viking Age podcast is fantastic, and there are even other sites out there that do wonderful work on podcasts. So it's something for everybody. There's a lot to choose from. Where you know, absolutely find, find people that you agree or disagree with. All right, uh, before we get into some draft talk, let's talk about a topic that, for some reason, causes a bunch of commotion in the Vikings community. And that would be Kyle Sloter. Oh. Um, now, the former Vikings backup quarterback was released by the Raiders the other day. So he's a f- he's free to sign with any team now. Um, with Minnesota currently figuring out who is going to be their number two quarterback for next season, I recently suggested that the Vikings should bring Sloter back just to compete for the role, not, not just hand it to him or whatever, just to compete. Um, so what are your thoughts on my suggestion? Would you be against the Vikings bringing Sloter back to be Kirk Cousins' backup for next season? Absolutely not. I, I mean, I sat through the, the Sean Mannion period. Yeah. I got to see him try to throw his first NFL touchdown. <laughs> Didn't happen. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with anything that would give the Vikings a chance to win. And if that player is sitting behind Kirk Cousins is a player that we know isn't going to be able to come in and win a game or two. Yeah. If Kirk Cousins is out, then there's no point in having him back there. I'd rather have a question mark than a sad face. That's what that's how I'm working. Yeah, the Vikings know what they're getting with Sean Mannion. It's a whole lot of not a whole lot of on-field value. Maybe he has more off-field value in the locker room and the meeting room, but that doesn't really matter when, you know, if if Cousins gets hurt and you need someone to, to fill in for a couple games. Not that Cousins gets hurt. He's one of the most durable quarterbacks in the league, but this right. is football, and you always have to take that, you know, account for that because football is the most violent sport in the world. Um, well, maybe, you know, maybe not UFC, second to UFC. <laughs> I don't um, know. I watched a slap fight last night on TV. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe the most violent team sport. <laughs> we can we can, we can can go with that. Um, 
So, but do you have any idea why just mentioning the name Kyle Sloter seems to just set some people off so much? I mean, no one is asking him to come and be the starter. Um, so I just don't really understand the pushback at all. There's people that just like, just go crazy if you mention his name on Twitter for some reason, because I, I don't know, like he, he like peed in their cereal or something. I, I don't know what, why it causes such commotion. Do you have any idea about this? He's another in a very long line <laughs> of backup quarterbacks yeah, yeah, yeah. that everyone wants to believe in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there are some backups out there that you could probably put some stock in. Taylor Heineke's going to get a chance to do something. Yeah. Somewhere. And yeah. I don't know what that's going to be. At the very least, it's a backup role, mm-hmm. Case which is exciting him. for him. Uh, Kyle Sloter is just like a lot of the other players yep. that Vikings fans have pounded the table for. And yeah, it, it didn't happen. I, I got to sit through the John David booty phase. Yeah. People wanted booty to have a chance to start. <laughs> and it's like, I, I get it. I, you want the team to be able to draft a quarterback, develop them yeah. and be a franchise guy. We all want that, but it's not that easy. No. And there's been some undrafted guys that have, have panned out. Well, you look at Tony Romo. Uh, he sure. Was, he turned out to be uh, pretty decent, and there's some other guys too as well. So it's not going turning to the draft isn't always the you know just easy solution. Um, I think someone would would you know like Sloter, who is familiar with like the at least the basic concepts of the Vikings offense because he was with them in 2017 and in 2018. They're running similar schemes. Um, Wasn't there some animosity though when slot when Sloter left? Um, where Slaughter was mad that he wasn't getting opportunities and yeah, I mean, I think you're gonna, I think you're gonna have that with anyone who who gets let go. Um, well, internally, yeah, but not a lot of players are gonna be vocal about it. Yeah, and and we don't we don't know what you know what went on in the field or the right. practice field or whatever or or in the locker room and and sometimes you know people just get frustrated and they say those things and and sometimes people like Mike Zimmer like to see that out of players too like like sure. they, they care to you know air their grievances or whatever and um i mean he stuck around with the vikings for 2 years so he, i don't think he could have been that bad um or else they you know wouldn't have kept him around for even that long That's um true. but if the vikings don't bring back Slaughter or Sean Mannion to to be their backup quarterback for next season it looks like the role will be given to either Nate Stanley or Jake Browning two guys who have never thrown a pass in a meaningful NFL game. Nate Stanley hasn't even thrown a pass in the preseason game because he was a, a rookie last year. Right. Um, are you comfortable with either of these two being the backup next season, or would you like Minnesota to go after a more established veteran to be the number two guy behind Cousins? I prefer an established backup, but maybe not a high-profile one. Right. Maybe once won a couple games and has some experience, but you don't have to pay a top tier backup to come in and play under Kirk Cousins. You don't really have to do that. But I also wonder how much drafting a quarterback to be the backup at this point would make sense because I don't really see it. I am. I'm of the belief that we're going to have a Kirk Cousins extension coming up. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're going to get more Kirk, which is going to just fire people up even more. Oh, you don't but think, I think that's going to happen. You don't think they're going to keep that $45 million cap hit next year, <laughs> next year that everyone seems to use as like a big talking point? It's a lot of money, but 
yeah. you keep pushing it down the line, it's going to be there. Yeah, it's not going to well, yeah. disappear. Eventually, yeah, but then eventually you're going to be able to afford it because the cap's going to just go up where you know you're able to afford a cap it like that, or you trade him. And let's be honest too: the further you push that down the line, the more the quarterback market is going to increase because yeah. these prices that some of these quarterbacks are are drawing in their extensions are wild. And it's not just oh, yeah. quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, who we've seen is excellent and right. is going to be there forever. It's it's quarterbacks that haven't really produced on the field. Yeah. Quarterbacks that I don't think have even touched the playoffs. Right. Yeah. I mean, this year you're probably going to get extensions for for Baker Mayfield, uh, Josh Allen, uh, yeah. probably Lamar Jackson. Like those. Those guys, you can you can argue Mayfield, but the other two, I feel like, probably deserve an extension. And and Allen's probably a little riskier, too, because he's only really had one good season. But you know the the Bills probably feel confident that he'll do further his progression. And of course, Lamar Jackson was a former MVP, so he's going to get a nice right. uh, extension. Um, <laughs> but, Joe Flacco was a yeah. playoff MVP, though. He, the Super Bowl MVP. You know what? He won a Super Bowl, so I think though after he got that extension, pe- people were like. Whatever he, he won <laughs> won the Super Bowl. Um, I think but, Vikings fans would be fine if Cousins won a Super Bowl and they just gave him the whole salary cap yeah. for the next year. It's like thanks. Here you are. That's like with with you know with Foles and and Wentz or whatever. Eagles fans were fine for a couple of years after they won the Super Bowl, but you know eventually it got it, it came to a head and they're like, all right, we need to figure something out. But we also look at like every off season. People are like, well, th- this is the year they have to get a quarterback. There's not going to be anyone available next year. But then every year, there's always quarterbacks available, either in free agency or the draft. So this assumption that you know the Vikings have to make a move this year in the draft, or else you know they're going to be out of luck next year, is just it's false. Because every year there's there's quarterbacks you can find. They're just they're everywhere. So, and even if it's not a top prospect quarterback, there are those quarterbacks that may not have been up on top the top five prospect when they come into the draft, but still come into the league and set the league on fire. Yeah, Russell Wilson was uh, pretty terrible. Uh he was a third round pick. He's 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 done pretty horrible yeah. in his career. All right everyone. This podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line cacao bliss nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich smooth creamy chocolate and knowing you are doing something good for your body they start with 100 organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun maintaining its miraculous health benefits then we blend it with turmeric mct oil coconut himalayan sea salt cinnamon and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, and guilt-free chocolate. Removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. It is friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. We are offering up to 15% off when you use the code MINUTE15. That's M-I-N-U-T-E-1-5. That's MINUTE15. So you can get 15% off your purchase by using the code MINUTE15. Head to earthechofoods.com slash minutemedia. 
Um, all right, moving on. Cordero Patterson is no longer in need of a team for next season as the former Vikings first round pick recently signed a one year deal with the Falcons for just $3 million. So, uh, looking at how little the Falcons are paying Patterson this year, um, should the Vikings regret not bringing him back as he could have helped fix their terrible kick return unit? Not at all. And I don't think their kick return unit's terrible. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I, as I've said before on multiple podcasts, I'm team touchback. Oh, eliminate oh, yes, the need yes, yes, for the yes, yes, yes. the turnovers, possible <laughs> turnovers, uh, the short, the longer fields. If you don't get past where you take a knee, and I understand too that teams will wise up to that and they'll short kick you yep. and force you to start around the twenty four, you know, twenty two, whatever. But still, I'll I'll take that security over a gamble because. Uh, we have seen Cordero Patterson fumble on kickoffs a couple of times, and mm-hmm. that alone is is hurtful. But there's also that part of me that doesn't really have a defined role yeah. for Cordero Patterson. And although $3 million doesn't sound like a lot of money to bring in a player that you know, they've already got a gunner. Yeah, you can use that on an offensive lineman or something. Uh, they could use him. As like a running back four, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's not a wide receiver three. He's not yeah. even really a wide receiver four. Yeah. I, I don't I don't see the role. I just don't I don't see how he fits in what Minnesota does right now. Yeah. I just yeah, we always talk about former former Vikings, especially who've already played under Mike Zimmer, and I think that exactly. was exactly like the Sheldon Richardson cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Sheldon Richardson. The uh Cleveland was right to cut him for the twelve million. Yes, he's not a twelve million dollar player. No, Minnesota's already got their key players in place on the interior. Yeah, I've seen some people ask, say the Vikings should resign him. I'm like, where's he? Who? Where's he playing? He's a starter still. Yeah, he'll start somewhere in the league, but it won't be Minnesota. Isn't he like the perfect like Patriots player? I feel like like someone yeah. who's been cut, and squeezing their real nice, brushed aside, and Belichick always gets like those those guys who like. Just get released, and they still have plenty in the tank. So I could see him winning on a, a team like that for sure. Absolutely. Um, a little sticking with former Vikings. A little while ago, the Panthers made a trade with the New York Jets to acquire quarterback Sam Darnold. Uh, with the amount they gave up to land Darnold, it basically signified the end of Teddy Bridgewater's tenure in Carolina. So he'd probably either be traded or, or released before next season. The former Vikings quarterback wasn't terrible for the Panthers last season. He threw for almost 4,000 yards, 15 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. But the Panthers were only able to get wins in four of his 15 starts. So do you think Bridgewater's time as a starter in the NFL is over? Or should he be given another shot to start somewhere else before coming you know, a full-time backup for the rest of his career? As much as I love Teddy, yeah, and I really do, the kid is such an electric player not maybe not on the football field but his infectious attitude is yep. wonderful uh he would need a really specific mm-hmm. offensive setup to succeed he would need to be part of a very strong run game he would need a strong offensive line to support that running back he would need really shifty receivers to open things up shorter mid-range and a coaching staff that would help develop all that. So I don't know if a situation out there really exists for a player like him at this point. You could look at the Saints. 
Yeah. He was already there. I mean, they have Jameis Winston. You can, I mean, he's not a franchise type quarterback, I feel like, right now. You got Michael Thomas running those slants. (laughs) Yes. And uh, Teddy was already there. He, and he (laughs) filled in for Drew Brees that one year. And I think he was like five and oh or whatever as a starter. So he's familiar with their system. Um, I've heard Denver might be interested. I know Denver's interested in him, but they're they're, they're not going to get him for they're not going to trade for him and pay his you know no. high salary right now. But you know George George Payton's there now, and they have he has a connection with with Teddy and uh, who's there? Oh, Pat Shermer's the offensive coordinator, so he's very familiar with Teddy as well. So that's someone I feel like to keep an eye on. Um, Andrew Locke is not really the set in stone starter, and obviously depends on what they do in the draft. But um, yeah, I think it, time is is definitely running out for Teddy to be a starter. Could he? I think it'd be ideal for him to maybe just be a backup next year right. or or for the next few years, and then you know fill in. And then if he does well when he fills in, then you know maybe try and be a starter again because he's still he's still only like twenty nine thirty. He's still got a good amount of time left um, in his career. Look like look at Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's he's still chugging along as as a starter. He's a high percentage thrower mm-hmm. in the right system, but the low touchdown output yeah. is always such a concern because he just can't seem to get those touchdown numbers up. Is it do we do we think those are low because of the way that he plays or like the way that the offenses that he's played in are set up? Because you looked at you look at when he was with the Vikings and they, you know, Adrian Peterson was back there. So if they're around the goal line, they're not throwing the ball. They're giving no. it to Adrian Peterson, and um, I don't know how the Panthers ran their offense last year. I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to them, but that could have been the same scenario where you know you get around the goal line. Look at a team like the Packers; they're they're probably going to throw the ball with with Aaron Rodgers getting to get it oh, to yeah. Devonte Adams or whatever. And um, but you know maybe but Teddy doesn't get those opportunities to throw the ball near the goal line. They just want to pound the ball in. So touchdowns, I tend to not you know, hold against someone so much. But, you know, 11 interceptions, too, is not something to be quiet about. No, you got to keep that touchdown-interception ratio up. And I know people say stats aren't important. That's how the team plays and everything. Yep. But you got to have a quarterback that can engineer an offense to to get the ball in the end zone. Yeah, and if a you're lot not- of that isn't his play calling. I know Teddy Bridgewater isn't calling his own plays. To, right. It's a goal line. It's just not the way the NFL works unless you're an elite quarterback. Yeah, if you're not going to have a quarterback who's, you know, putting up monster numbers or at least above average numbers, you better make sure you have a good running game and a good defense around him because you're going to need help to make up for what you're not getting from the quarterback, which is kind of what the Vikings had in 2015 when when they went to the playoffs with with Teddy as their quarterback. So the other day over on the Viking Age, I listed the six most disappointing Vikings draft picks. I disagree uh, with you so bad. Of the Mike Zimmer era. So this is a good topic to talk about then, uh, which included Teddy Bridgewater, Mike Hughes, Pat Elfline, Scott Crichton, Trey Waynes, and Laquan Treadwell. Um, So I kind of looked at these as like all within the first three rounds, because after the fourth round, I think like your expectations aren't really high enough to be disappointing. And then I factored in, you know, Injuries as I want, I want to, I want to say these are disappointing rather than the worst because, because I think a lot of these guys have 
been impacted by injuries where it just makes the right. selection more disappointing. Um, like but, Mike Hughes, I wouldn't call him a bust. Right. Because injuries have prevented him from being on the field. He hasn't had a chance when he was to healthy, be a bust. He was pretty yeah. good on the field. Yeah, he hasn't had a chance to, to be a bust. So in your mind, you don't have to take anyone from the people I included, but who has been the most disappointing Vikings draft pick of the Mike Zimmer era? This is an easy one for me because it was a reach on draft day. It was a player that I saw as being undraftable at the time. And I'm going to bend your rule a little bit too on where they were drafted, but Willie Beavers. Oh yeah. 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 What was that? (laughs) I thought about it. I really thought about it. I'm like, but then I got to include like all the fourth rounders, which would be like TJ Clemmings and stuff. And um, at least Clemmings had play that, Made you think, he played, okay, yes. He played. He, can, he actually played. Yeah. Willie Beavers, what, what? What What was he looking at? Yeah. Yeah, that was... They've made some odd draft picks over the years, especially when it comes to offensive line, and uh, it rarely has worked out at all uh, for them. So you're going to go with Willie Beavers, and then you, you said you had a problem with uh, some of my suggestions. I'm going to take a guess at who you had a problem with. You know who it is. <laughs> Which a lot of people do, but... I the comments make, tore you up pretty good. I should I should make my case for Trey <laughs> Waynes. This is what I'm guessing you're you're just you're with. right. Okay, so Trey Waynes, he was drafted with the number eleven pick. Would yeah. you would you agree that with a pick like that, you should be getting a player who can at least make the Pro Bowl in their career? Would you Would you not agree? No, not necessarily. No. Okay. Well, uh, maybe I don't put Pro much Bowl, stock in the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl is different, but like. I feel like if you're taking a play, the Vikings thought they were getting the best cornerback in the draft when uh, when they went with Waynes at the 11th pick, and he did not. He has not turned out to be the best cornerback in that draft. Well, that's it depends a, how you measure your cornerbacks. That's true too, um, because he stepped up in some big times um, and put games away. While other times he was getting beat, his coverage skills aren't much to write home about. Right, but in run support, he was elite. Yeah, but I think if you're drafting a corner that high, you're not drafting him because he's a good run stopper. But, you know, that's that maybe the Vikings did with their defense the way it's set up and how they they just don't like to get anything behind them. They'd rather keep everything um in front of them. I just if anyone has followed my writing over the years, you're pretty familiar that I'm not the biggest fan of Trey Wayne's in the world. And I said it in the the blurb or whatever they wrote about him. This isn't to say that he's terrible or he's been terrible. I just think the expectations when you're the 11th pick, are, are very high, and I don't think he met those expectations. Now, when you say expectations, you just mean in, in coverage? Just to be the, the caliber of player. Like, I, if you're the 11th pick, I want you to be a Pro Bowl, All-Pro caliber kind of player. Like, just if you're not at that level, I just don't think then then you've met your your expectations. Like then there's there's plenty of guys who've been drafted in the top fifteen who haven't met those expectations. And also, sure. this is my opinion. Everyone's free to disagree. So I I'm not gonna you know hold any hard feelings against anyone who disagrees with me. So right, I, I just I don't understand <laughs> the logic entirely. But I also put I also put it in there just because I know that it's gonna generate um, a discussion just because. It's and I also, I also have the ability to just write it because that's what I feel and that that's what that's why we have the the nice freedom that we do with the Viking Age because, um, you know you you put out an article, I think today about you know prospects the Vikings should avoid and and there's maybe there's some on there that 
people don't agree with you with and and oh i've seen (laughs) one of the players that i have on there especially that number the last one on the list jalen phillips yeah i i I was anticipating some pushback on but he's got some concussion issues he's had some the red flags are there he was told that he shouldn't continue his football career (laughs) so like i think that's that's perfectly fine you know he's tested great or whatever but you know one a couple blows to the head and and his career's over and so I, I even hurt myself on that by putting a player I love on the list. Oh, uh, I did. I did see that you you put your your guy what Paris Ford. Yeah, yeah. So that see? pro day and that year off seemed to just. Yeah, what, I, I don't what, know what happened. Like a four nine. Yeah. Jesus, what is he a <laughs> linebacker? Like a offensive lineman, man. <laughs> right. That's not. Yeah, that's not good <sighs> if you're a defensive back to run nearly a five second forty. Um, no. But you know, then Cameron Dancer he ran like a terrible 40 at the the combine and then there were some issues or whatever and at the at, at his pro day it was much better obviously everyone runs better at their pro day but <laughs> yeah, i love how some of the players talk about the fabricated times that people have on pro days and that's got to be hard to keep track of because without independent measurers yeah this year might have been more difficult just because there's just so many people at everyone's pro days because there's no combine um, right but in the past i you know I feel like some of those numbers are probably inflated because you know if you're if you get so many players to get drafted out of your school, then more you're going to get more recruits. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to someone arguing that. Hearing some of the people that attended his pro day say that he looked undraftable. Oh no! During it, it's just that that hurts because I've watched his play. I've seen him be a ball hawk, and it's just so disappointing that that's coming out. Hey, well, we just tra- We just talked about someone you thought was undraftable, and the Vikings drafted him anyway. So don't lose hope. <laughs> That's true. That's absolutely true. You never um, know. Um. All right. So heading into this year's upcoming draft, um, what do you think maybe is an underrated need of the Vikings that that deserves more attention? Uh, well, we haven't had a lot of people talking about kickers. No, we haven't. Lately. That's been hiding. But do you want them to spend a draft pick on a kicker? I'll, I'll say yes. Oh, oh no. <laughs> because I, I I don't see their draft picks of kickers as being really bad. They, Daniel Carlson would have been good if they'd have stuck with him for a little while. Yeah. Blair Walsh set team records yeah. for his kicking, especially deep kicks before he kind of fizzled out. So it's not like the Vikings can't draft kickers. They just don't have the patience to let them develop. Yeah, well, that's important. <laughs> Especially, <laughs> I just don't think it's a good idea to bring in maybe a rookie kicker at all um, with Mike Zimmer on the staff still. We've, 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 he's not good with kickers. We, this isn't like breaking news. He's not patient, and kickers require patience and a little, you know, confidence from their head coach which he he did give to dan bailey but i think he maybe more respected dan bailey for his career that right he was able to do but they still let him loose um so i think i just see the history of of kickers and how many good ones have been undrafted you know look at i think was justin tucker drafted i don't think he was um and adam vendetary wasn't drafted like a bunch a bunch of good kickers were not right. drafted um so i just think there's there's other needs they could go after another long snapper or something you know instead well we, um, the vikings do need to look into 
someone who can catch punts. Yes. That that is that is very important. I think that is a need that that needs to be addressed fairly early. I think within the first three rounds, whether it's a, a running back, a defensive back, or or a receiver. Ideally, I think they'd probably like to get a receiver who can be the number three guy right. and return punts. Oh, that'd be great. Um, but we'll we'll see about that because because I think the Vikings were dead last in in punt return. Special average. teams was brutal. Yeah, so that's that, that should be, and that's that's important for a team like the Vikings who depend on on field position. You know, Mike Zimmer uses that to his advantage. If if he's got the opposing team starting on the forty every every time, it's not going to work out very well because they're either going to get they're probably going to get a, at least a field goal out of that. Um, so all right, as far as team needs though, the one that's been baffling me that I've been seeing online, especially on Twitter is a lot of Vikings fans seem to believe that Minnesota needs help at tight end. Tight end. And I'm not getting this. Do you, Are you seeing any? Mm, not this year. Maybe next year. A lot of fans are pounding the table for Pitts. And it's like, well, he's he's a wide receiver. <laughs> he is. He's a, Well, he's a generation, like, supposedly he's a generational talent. And so teams are just, there's people are just going to pound the table for those top prospects. <laughs> Anyways, and yes, I do. I threw this out like a couple weeks ago. Like, is he a generational tight end or is he just an oversized wide receiver? Because like his measurements and and testing numbers are are very similar to Calvin Johnson. His blocking on tape is not anything. Yeah. And that's something that can can get better. But yeah, obviously the Vikings would like to to add him as a weapon in, in their offense but he's not falling to 14 and i don't think they would trade up for him because like you said it's not a huge need they would people would be like some people would be like yes they did that and other people would be like what are you doing and you got the ones that were pounding the table for thaddeus moss yes um i i don't know if i was pounding the table i just i i think it's curious because he wasn't terrible and LSU, and obviously, I just I just like the Randy Moss, my favorite player of all time. So I'm always going to be like, <laughs> now any way, an any way to any way to connect him to the Vikings. You know, I think you know, get him on, on the Vikings. Have Irv Smith give him the 84 number, and you'd be the Vikings <laughs> would be just jerseys would be flying off the shelves. But I don't understand the lack of faith that people have in Irv Smith and Conklin. They looked yeah. real good down the end of the, the line last season. They did. They did. They did really well. I think people are just. They've been hearing a lot of maybe uh, expectations or or just a lot of hype around these guys, and they they people. I feel like people expect too much sometimes early in these guys' careers, and we don't realize how how long it typically takes for them to develop into being like a solid solid player. You look at Kyle Rudolph; he wasn't that good. During the first part of his career, it took him <laughs> quite a while. It took him for Christian Ponder to exit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I think fans yeah. are seeing that Kyle Rudolph left, and they they think that he they have to replace a lot of offensive output because of Kyle Rudolph leaving. And but he didn't have a lot honestly, of offensive output. No, he didn't. <laughs> if like, you look at his stats, yeah. what he was getting paid for. Was yeah. well beyond his production. He had like thirty catches a year. Like it wasn't wasn't a whole lot. Uh, and yeah, it was nice to have that big bodied target in the red zone. And the Vikings also don't pass a lot in their offense. So guys like 
the tight ends who are like the fourth or fifth option on the field, they're not going to get those big numbers that some of the other tight, like a Travis Kelsey or, or something like that. Sure. Gets in the red zone, Kirk Cousins seems to lock on to Adam Thielen. He loves that Thielen. He did in the, last in the red year zone. for sure. That was that was a bit of a surprise to see Thielen become this this red zone threat. But if that's what he's going to be, that's a good way to extend his career for sure. Absolutely. Um, so Take on the flip, off Justin Jefferson too. So on the flip, I guess you already answered this question because I was going to ask you what what do you think is an important need that or as important that some are making it out to be. But you said tight end. But what do you? Michael, what about linebacker? I've seen linebacker thrown that thrown out a bunch too, like as something they could get in the first round. And I'm like, I guess I could see it because Anthony Barr has only got a year left on his right. deal, and Eric Wilson left. But like, I think there's much more important needs to target. I feel like. What about you? Uh, the Vikings brought in a linebacker. Yes. They've got a couple that have got some experience last year. Yep. So I. For this year, the Vikings are probably fine. But as far as a long-term answer, if they find a player that they think can be a long-term answer, they should probably go for it. Yeah, They probably should. Uh, I know that Cam Smith should be coming back soon. And honestly, I wasn't a big fan of that draft pick either. Right. But for him being able to come back healthy, maybe he can prove to me that I'm I'm wrong on this. I love getting proved wrong, by the way. When oh, yeah. when I doubt someone, please, please prove me wrong. <laughs> um so with it with the draft right around the corner, we've we've had a lot of time to check out all the prospects available this year. So who are who are just some of your favorites that you would just like to see with the Vikings next season? Um first well are we, if we're going down the line for some of these picks, uh, I do think that offensive line is something that needs to be picked. Mm. I think we'll see an offense. If we, if the Vikings take a fringe offense, like left tackle player, mm-hmm. that could be the team's first round pick. And there are some elite prospects there, and there should be one available on the clock when Minnesota goes because of all the quarterbacks, wide receivers. They're supposed to go early in this mm-hmm. draft that will push some of those offensive linemen down. So, yeah, if, if Minnesota wants to get a clear left tackle for now, they probably could in the first round. For sure. Um, are there any are there any prospects you're interested in watching next season, but you, you're pretty sure they're not going to end up with the Vikings, so just maybe like some of the top guys that maybe you're interested in? We, we mentioned Kyle Pitts. Is that someone you, you're interested in seeing how he ends up in the NFL? Uh, I know that he'll succeed wherever he goes. Yeah. As a receiver, I, I don't think he'll be much of a tight end. Yeah. But then again, a lot of NFL tight ends have made a career off catching the football and not blocking or taking part on special teams. Yeah, it'll probably be more like a Kelsey, like kind of, Kelsey kind of tight end. Probably. Well, Kelsey can block. We're talking like Jimmy Graham early yeah. Saints where he didn't block at all. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're talking Mm-hmm. Th- those finesse players. And I don't think finesse players are a good fit in a Mike Zemmer system at no. all. No, no, he likes, he's, he's, he's old school. People rag on him for it, but he, and he's sticking to it. He's stuck to his guns over, over the years. And yeah, he's not, he's not going to give you the, the flashy type of offense. Cause that's just not what really what f- fits well with his defense. He wants his defense to get rest so they can be, have the most, you know, energy or whatever to be on the field and, and, make the plays. Uh, what about some of the quarterbacks? Do you like maybe 
Zach Wilson or Justin Fields? Like, are you are you curious about some of these guys? Not the early ones, at least not from Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, like Trask or someone like that, maybe later on. Yeah. But the, again, that all relies on how much weight Minnesota is putting into finding a decent quarterback too. And honestly, I based on what they've trotted out there on the field for quarterback two of the last mm-hmm. few years, I, I don't think that's one of their top concerns whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm just kind of curious about Justin Fields because there's been so much, um, I mean, positive and negative right. uh, reports on him. And, and I'm not so sure about the negative ones, if they're really true or they're just agents and, and analysts throwing stuff around to, to, get noticed or whatever or, or increase or decrease their their clients draft stock but I'm, I'm curious to see him and i'm curious to see trey lance um yeah. see how that transition goes from from what F, fcs to the nfl we've seen a couple players make that transition and um i'm, I'm interested in him because he only he's only really had one year of being a starter it was a very good year right um but i'm, I'm curious to see and he probably he might not even play uh next year but we'll, we'll have to see about that um, another thing to watch in this draft okay. that's going to be kind of interesting is looking at how the vikings look to bring in competition for wide receiver three yes as we were talking before about mike zimmer not liking softer players that excludes a lot of those shifty smaller wide receivers that get batted around the line yep. of scrimmage the ones that can't really fight off the bump coverage or the press very well And we've seen that Mike Zimmer has really hesitated on drafting those smaller wide receivers to cut across the middle of the field. And as much as I'd like to see one of them come in, especially if they can handle punt return duties, I'll be interested to see if some of these coaching assistants, because there've been more assistants brought in a little bit of shifting around in the, the coaching system here over the last week or so. And maybe some of those new voices can help get in Zimmer's head and say, you know, we've got some value in some of these smaller wide receivers that can pick up some yardage because there are a lot of people that still don't really understand what the bad fit was or what the problem was with guys like Jarius Wright or mm-hmm. uh, who was the, the one wide receiver the Vikings brought in for one season. He stretched the field pretty well. Mike Wallace. Nope. No, more recently. Um, I know who you're talking about. Uh, it was in 2018. Uh, what's his name? Hold on, I'm on. <laughs> right, it's escaping me too. I think it was Aldrich Robinson. Yeah, yeah. He was he was he was pretty good. He had a uh, five touchdowns. Right. I mean, what well, he he doesn't really fit exactly what Minnesota looks for in wide receivers, but he was able to find some production. And honestly, Kirk Cousins isn't that quarterback that will usually lock on to one wide receiver. He can read the field pretty well. Yeah. And if he's got a streaking wide receiver, he's more than willing to throw that ball up. He's got the cannon. Yeah. Well, they took a chance. I think feel like on, on KJ Osborne last year and obviously that didn't work. So maybe that causes them to be a little hesitant um, this year on, on a smaller receiver. But yeah, they I see, it does seem like they've been geared more towards going like the traditional size guys. Like yeah, Justin Jefferson is little, little, skinnier maybe than, than but he's never had a problem getting off the line of scrimmage right he runs and, such good routes and treadwell was like the typical prototype size that people <laughs> used to look for but that didn't really matter at all no um but yeah so it yeah it'll be interesting to see see what they do with that but 
Before I get you out of here, of course, I have to ask you your thoughts on WrestleMania this year. So, what did you like the most, the oh. least? Did you like the two-day format? You know, what are some of just your takeaways from, from this year's Super Bowl of professional wrestling? I hate all the gimmicks. Gimmicks. I hate all the gimmicks. I, I don't want to see one of the Paul brothers. Uh, oh, I, I, the Bad Bunny stuff. You I didn't don't like know. Bad Bunny? He did well, though, right? Uh, well, he was good in the ring. He it was, was entertaining, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, he worked pretty well with The Miz. And to be yeah. honest, The Miz is such a professional. Yeah. He can sell everything so well. John Morrison, too. Right? And you could tell that they were working well together and they put a lot of time into that performance because yep. it was one of the better ones probably one of the probably the best one i've seen since lawrence taylor right had his match in wwf yep. so i mean the, the shane mcmahon match didn't yeah. care for that really either yeah. it's time to move on past that they've got a, a roster full of people that they're having to let go because they don't have room for them and yeah. then they go and they do something confusing to me as well where they run two pre-shows with no matches, not even under the giant Memorial Battle Royal. Oh, they I run that on SmackDown. I didn't even notice that. So it's it's confusing that they have this time. <laughs> they have this new deal with the Peacock, mm-hmm. and they don't even do it. The, as far as the two-day thing went, uh, between the just gimmick matches and the shady finishes, mm-hmm. It was a really disappointing event. I will say this: sitting on my couch at home, I popped when Cesaro got a, a, a win, oh, a yeah. WrestleMania win. I did not expect him to get a WrestleMania win, and the fact they gave him one just blew my mind. And now it seems like they're they might be uh, pushing him. I would um, love to see that happen. On I, the flip side of that, yeah. though, for how disappointing WrestleMania was, NXT Takeover was straight fire. Oh, it always is. Always. Never I feel like it's never it's very, very rarely Walter's the scariest man on the planet. <laughs> um as far as WrestleMania goes, I only I think I watched two matches live and the other the other I saw highlights or watched Did later. you see the Bianca Belair? I did. Match? That's that's the one I watched. I actually watched it with my wife who's see she a, sliced her yeah. open with her hair again. I I like yelled when that <laughs> happened because I heard it and my wife's like that's not necessary. You don't need to do that. And I was like, yeah, but did you hear that? Um, as so soon I, as she did it, I'd seen her do that before in NXT. And I was like, last time she did this, the the, the woman that she hit with her hair just started bleeding from yeah, where she was hit. And I was like, it's going to happen again. And they, sure enough, she had a well there it was. Yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed that. It was very entertaining. Yeah, it was a very predictable ending, um, the way that they've been pushing her so much. But I'm still... Happy that she was able to win. Um, and then the, I saw the Fiend match, and I was like, oh, this is uh, ridiculous. <laughs> I um, still don't understand the end of that. They didn't explain it whatsoever on Raw. Well, he's, he's like this demon who comes back alive from being lit on fire, and then he loses with an RKO. And it's like, oh. With interference from Alexa Bliss for no who's, reason. Who's, yeah, bleeding black from her head or whatever. <laughs> um, and then, I, yeah. How I, about I Babs, know. huh? Um, Babs. Babatunde Ayagbusi. Oh, yes. WrestleMania debut. Yes, we didn't even mention this. Former Vikings offensive lineman, Babatunde Ayagbusi, I think is his yep. last name. 
Um, yeah, he's been he's been hanging around there for a while, and seems like he might finally uh, get a role. They tried him in that what that Raw Underground. Yep, and thing. they gave him a. They put him into that world's greatest Royal Rumble yep. over in yep. India. Yep. That I thought he did pretty well in. So it'll be interesting to see how they use him now. He's like, I think he's like Captain Aziz or something, like Commander yeah. Aziz or whatever, with uh, Apollo Cruz, which is. And if they oh. give him the almost role like they did for AJ Styles, this could work out real nicely for oh, him. Oh yeah, that would that would be, an a very that you mentioned that that would be a very interesting matchup to see like those two go up against each oh, other. That'd just be power on power. <laughs> so great to see um so yeah we didn't even mention that a former viking and of course you know roman reigns former former right. viking for a few days i think um still no brock though he's still a free agent is he a free agent yeah okay i didn't i didn't know if he was just taking time off or he actually was a, a free agent. i know for a while he was stuck in canada it's not terrible could be worse places to be stuck in right because a lot of the restrictions between and saying, between countries yeah. are still in place. And saying he's stuck in Canada, he's probably like in his mansion, like right. know, in his 500 <laughs> acre. <laughs> he's not land. struggling up there. No. So he's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah. I. But now you got me picturing Rom, you know, uh, Brock Lesnar sitting in like a $40 ho- hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eating he's ramen stuck in, noodles. He's stuck in, yeah, he's stuck in Canada. No, he's, <laughs> he's doing just fine living with Sable out there. Oh yeah. Um, so I didn't think it was t- too terrible. Like there's there's been way worse WrestleManias. I feel like I've watched like the one where like the Miz was the champ or whatever. I did not, or the, even like the, even the John Cena Rock ones. Like I didn't really enjoy those. But there was obviously some some moments out of those. But I feel like WrestleMania always has like it's rare where like the whole show is is very good. It's it's more like which matches were your favorite, and you know. Because they're always trying to, I feel like, push something. Yeah. Or it's a build towards a moment. Yeah. Which you got to think about. You, you're going to get selling those NFTs or whatever they're called. Yes, because you're going to get the you're going to get the Shane McMahon match. That's that's just going to happen because his dad owns the company, so he's right. going to get to do whatever he wants. I'm very surprised Triple H was not in WrestleMania this year because that always seems to be something. The Undertaker was not there. That was actually kind of right. Surprising. So maybe he actually did actually retire. Um, you know, the crowd maybe, booing Hulk Hogan was interesting. Yeah. Oh, that was very interesting and rightfully so. Um, <laughs> so especially when he dressed up as a pirate. I mean, come on, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, that uh, I didn't. I didn't mind it. I was just. It's, it's one of the rare, the one of the few pay per views I actually. Is it even a pay per view anymore that I watch? Um, I do think it's pretty awesome. It streams so well on the Peacock. Yeah. I have real bad internet out where I'm at. Yeah. Like really bad because I'm in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So the fact that it's streamed all the way through with no interruptions for me. Yeah. They've fantastic. got, yeah, they've got a lot more customers than just wrestling fans. So they have to make sure that it's uh pretty, a pretty good product. So I'm not surprised that it streams much better. Cause there are I'll, times that I've got to stream Vikings games and, it just doesn't come out very pretty at all. Yeah, and I've heard bad things about you know UFC fights and on ESPN Plus and stuff, and how sometimes that isn't too great. So and that Fight Club promotion last night, there's part yeah. of that I wish they would have. Uh, I would have had worse internet during. Yeah, I, I I saw some tweets about that, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm glad I'm not you know wasting my time watching this. But uh, that's gonna do it for us today. 
Thanks for joining, Adam. Where can people follow you on Twitter? I am Emmett, MN Viking Zombie on their Twitter machines. I'm also MN Viking Zombie over on Twitch, where I'm starting to get into streaming a little bit more. I played some What the Dub the other day. Real fun social game. You can come in and play online with me. It's a lot of fun, so check it out. Also, yep. you got my work over on the yep. Viking Age, which yep. is good. Every once in a while, I'll publish something over on Undead Walking, but yeah. I'm not over there as much as I used to be. But I'm always down for some conversations. So shoot me over some messages on Twitter. That's always a good place. If you want to see some pictures of my cats, <laughs> I post a lot of those over on Instagram. Bernie gets then, a lot of likes. He's such a likable cat. You've got the, uh, the Purple People podcast, too, right? We do a weekly podcast. Uh, we're going to be doing some live stuff. I don't know if it's going to be on the Discord or actually a broadcast during the draft. But right Ooh. now, that's kind of hinging on whether or not I get my COVID shots by that time I can go to a draft party. So mm-hmm. well, we'll see how that all works out. There you go. But that, either way, I feel free to check it out. And if it's for you, awesome. If not, that's okay, too. Yeah. All right. So follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook as well. Subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, we will talk to you later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.